Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 President David Long, and communications extraordinaire, Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, David. Hey, John. Welcome to the top. I'm happy to be here. David, you were at the Texas Realtors Winter Meeting. Do you remember the opening session? Yeah, I sure do. It was uh, really fascinating, and uh, I don't think anybody would forget it. It really was. At the Texas Realtors Winter Meeting, Dr. Jen Goldbeck presented Data Shock, Artificial Intelligence, Connectedness, and the Future of Big Data. During her presentation, Dr. Goldbeck discussed algorithms and data science, focusing on data and privacy concerns for realtors and their clients, including smart home systems and lead generation. Goldbeck is a computer scientist, director of the Social Intelligence Lab, and professor at the University of Maryland. She has authored multiple books, and in 2014, she took the TED Talk stage to discuss what our social media likes expose, a presentation that has since been viewed more than 2 million times on YouTube. So we asked if she would phone in to discuss one big question that bothers a lot of realtors today. Should realtors fear AI? Hi, Dr. Goldbeck. Thank you for speaking with us today. My pleasure. We saw your presentation at the opening session of the Texas Realtors Winter Meeting, and it has stuck with us. Can you tell our listeners in what ways you have seen AI intersect with real estate in the present day? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting ways that realtors are starting to see AI come into their everyday lives. Um, And it really kind of spans the gamut from construction to financing to people, you know, actually finding homes. So a couple, what I think are the most interesting implications and the places where you're likely to see this, especially from the like, you know, person going out looking to buy a house. One is that AI is just going to make it easier to do that search. And we see that in all sorts of other domains where people buy things. So Amazon, you buy some stuff and it tells you here's some other things that go along with that or that you might be interested in. Here's some products that are similar. Netflix does the same thing with movies. So you watch a movie. It's like here's some other stuff you might like based on that. That kind of technology can easily be applied to home buying. And in fact, there are technologies out there that are doing that now. So if I'm looking on an online website, uh, trying to find information about a house, I might look at a couple and then AI is going to help suggest other ones for me to look at that I might not have found. So that's one really straightforward application. Another one that I think, you know, is more relevant to realtors specifically, as opposed to customers who are shopping for houses, is that AI is actually quite good at predicting the prices that homes will sell for. And that's not just kind of looking at comps and other, you know, the normal things that a human would look at. It can get as detailed at, you know, looking at the photos that are with a listing. And if those photos capture the details that may really make a sale difference, right? So you have like a nicely renovated bathroom and that often can make the difference, push someone over the edge to get them to buy it. If you can capture that well in a photo, it can get a lot more interest that actually will impact the sale price. And so these algorithms that are looking at price forecasting for houses are not just looking at like other data about the neighborhood and the amenities of the house, but actually getting down to automatically analyzing the photos in the listing and, uh, and using that to help determine the price. Very good. So do you see AI as a competitor, a threat, or an aid for real estate professionals today? 
I think it, you know, right now it's a little bit tricky because, you know, realtors are kind of doing things in the way that they have, and they're starting to see this new technology come in. And I think, sure, in some ways that AI may replace some of the things that realtors traditionally did. Um, But that's true of a lot of jobs, right? Technology has come in, you know, whether it's the computer, all of a sudden we don't have typists, right? Like people have their own computers, they're typing their own stuff, you know, to email has taken out a huge, you know, set of jobs with it where like mail was being handled. I think in real estate, AI is going to have a similar transformation. So I know, for example, when I bought my first house, and you know, it wasn't that long ago, that was back in 2008, I could not see listings for houses. Like my realtor had to be the one who would send me an email every day with houses that are available. I couldn't just browse all of the houses that were for sale in the neighborhoods I was looking for. So realtors then were kind of keepers of information. They helped me find the information I needed. Now, when I bought a new house a couple of years ago, I didn't have to do that. I could go online and I could look at all the listings. And so that, you know, on one hand, took away a traditional function of realtors, which is providing me information about listings. On the other hand, like, that doesn't mean I don't need them. Like, my realtor in buying this house a couple of years ago was invaluable in helping me navigate the process and understand everything. So, you know, I think what we're going to see as AI comes into the space is that, yes, some of those traditional roles that realtors are playing are going to go away. But I don't think that means that AI is just going to replace the role that realtors play in that process. I think it's going to transform it. And it really becomes a powerful tool that takes out, you know, some of the more kind of mundane work or the, the kind of easy, thoughtless work that you know, is something that doesn't require a lot of expertise, doesn't require a lot of training, like those basic recommendations and suggestions and, you know, calculations, those are things that the technology can do. And the realtors will really be able to trade on their expertise in, you know, understanding the one-off complexities of the process, which there are so many in every case, you know, with this house, well, there's this exception, there's this thing, you all know that, and the rest of us don't you know, and to really focus on the human intelligence of that. So, you know, if we even talk about the recommendations that I mentioned before, like, I kind of know if I watch, you know, a ghost movie on Netflix, here's what it's going to recommend to me next, I'm going to get a lot of the same, which is useful to find a lot of the same. A realtor may be able to tell you when you're looking for houses, not just here's a bunch of things that are really similar to what you looked at, but Here's something that's quite different that actually may be of interest to you because I like as a human understand the nuances of your interest better. So I think, you know, we'll definitely see some disruption in the next five to 10 years. But ultimately, I think it's a tool that is going to make realtors lives much easier. That's going to allow them to focus on like the skills and the human interaction that they're so good at and uh, and just replace some of what they're doing. Uh, with tech so they can spend more time on those other attributes. That's really fascinating. Kind of building on that a little bit, do you think that AI will enter more aspects of real estate industry in the future? Can you, like, What are some thoughts regarding what type of AI we might see in the future, whether it's 5, 10, 50 years from now? Any thoughts about that? So, you know, in addition to the things I mentioned, I think that, you know, Chatbots are definitely one area that in the next, you know, in the short term, say five years, we're likely to see this. 
Um, and I kind of did an early version of this when I bought this house a couple of years ago. So I had spent a lot of time looking online. I had a realtor bring me to this house that I've been looking at. I was like, this is the house I want. It's perfect. I'm going to buy it. Um, literally like saw the house, went out to lunch and got a mortgage approval. Uh, and I did the mortgage approval entirely over text message, mostly with an AI chat bot that was just like asking me questions and I was responding. And so there's a lot of like information gathering that's not just straight up filling a form, but that doesn't take a lot of like deep analysis. That's a place where AI has, a, I think, a really strong place in the short term in real estate. So, you know, there are times where you absolutely are going to want to have that human connection where you sit down, you have conversations with people, like you, you make that kind of understanding of their needs on a really personal level. At the same time, there's a lot of real estate transactions that aren't like that, that in our case, we were moving across the country. And so we weren't there. We couldn't sit in a realtor's office. We were like, we're on vacation. We've got a couple hours, like take us to see this house. And sure, if you've got another one to show us, go ahead. But we weren't going to sit down and have a long chat. And so that's the kind of thing where, you know, if I'm browsing real estate online, a chat bot, which is an AI agent, could be super useful in gathering a bunch of basic information that a realtor can use to get a good understanding of my needs and make our in-person meeting much more efficient. So that's something that I think will be coming soon. Again, those first couple options that I mentioned, making recommendations, help doing price forecasting. I think those are technologies that are already sort of out there and are likely to be tools that become much more popular in the next few years. Another place where you're likely to see this and you know how this plays out, I think will really depend on the markets that you're in, is that AI is being used to understand and facilitate construction projects. So that's not just necessarily building a new house, but if you're doing a renovation, if you're building out like a corporate space, AI has the ability to like understand those projects, understand the supply chains that are feeding them, um, kind of map out what does it look like, the availability of labor, the availability of materials, what does that schedule look like, what is this likely to cost, in a way that, you know, even if you have a human come in and revise that to get an initial, um, you know, estimate of that from a tool, I think that's something that would be really useful to a lot of people as they're thinking about things. I know for us, even in our house that we have not undertaken big renovations on, we got a good deal on it because everything was broken in it. And so we knew we'd have to put a lot of money in. And our realtor is actually very good at giving us estimates of, you know, each of the things we'd have to do and what it would cost. But being able to sit down and say, okay, well, here's this house that I want to buy. Someone can tell me all the stuff that's wrong with it. And an AI can just give me a report that's a guess of what it might cost to do that. That's something that I think is likely to be in there. In the longer term, say looking decades ahead, I think it's very hard to tell. Um, you know, my main worry about this stuff, we've talked about a lot of really productive ways the AI can be used here. A worry that comes along with it is that most of the AI that we see out in industry right now is uh, pretty invasive. It's using data that people didn't consent for it to get that's collected in some really creepy ways, to be honest. And sure, it gets like great insights about us and what we're interested in, but in ways that like we never would expect our data to be collected. We've seen that in the real estate space go wrong before where we've seen, you know, housing ads on Facebook that have been incredibly discriminatory because they've ruled out people who 
belong to certain groups, right? People who go to this synagogue, we're going to, you know, block them out from seeing this. And so all of a sudden you're discriminating based on religion. It can be tricky with AI. It can end up being racially discriminatory, even if you don't intend that with the parameters that you put in, because it doesn't really understand those factors. And so it may say, oh, you know, you want people of a certain income. Well, we know you know, people who live in these in, these zip codes tend to have that income, so we're going to send it to them. And zip code very often maps to race, and so you end up excluding people based on zip code, which essentially excludes them based on race. So there's a lot of that kind of trickiness in there. Um, these are sorts of things, like on a broader level in terms of AI, that I think we will eventually need regulation around the fairness, the discrimination in these algorithms, and also the invasive way that the data is collected. And so how that actually plays out over the next decade or two, what regulations we get, how they're enforced, you know, what the politics are and the appetite is from the public about this, I think that's going to affect what the technology can do. It doesn't limit the way that we can benefit from AI, but it will control how widely it's used. Who do you think would regulate or who will regulate that kind of invasiveness or almost unintentional invasiveness in some cases, in fact. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I don't think that there's, you know, a single law that can be placed that will fix this. And, you know, frankly, some of it, I think, will have to come from within industries as well. Like, if self-regulation is done right, it's great. Uh, we have not seen tech companies self-regulate very effectively in this case. So as examples, one space that we already see is highly regulated is around mortgage lending. You know that you can't discriminate in lending based on certain characteristics. People have tried to deploy AI to give out mortgages, and people have received huge fines from financial regulators because the AI ends up being racially discriminatory. So you can have a black and a Hispanic and a white person with identical credit histories, identical incomes. Um, and the black and Hispanic people are sent to subprime mortgages at a much higher rate, one and a half and two times as often as a white person. And that's the algorithm doing that because it doesn't really understand the nuances of the data that it's working with. So in that case, you know, there are already regulations in place that can address these sorts of problems, um, but it's hard to dig into it. So for something like that, what I would expect is existing um, financial regulators would be the ones who monitor that. And what they would need to do it better is um, essentially auditing procedures for the AI. Right now, the artificial intelligence is really a black box. We throw in the data, it spits out an answer, and we can't explain what happens on the inside. That makes it hard to regulate it and say that it's you know, racist or sexist or discriminating against a religion or pregnant women, you can't, you can't tell because you don't know what's happening inside. The solution or one solution to that is to be able to audit those algorithms. So throw lots of examples at it where different things are varied and kind of come out with good evidence about whether it's fair or not. So that would be something in the financial space. We may also just see privacy regulations on a bigger level in terms of the intrusiveness of this data. So Europe, of course, has GDPR, their privacy law, which is a EU-wide law protecting how people's data is collected and shared. California recently introduced at the beginning of this year, their privacy law came into effect, which is a, a variation on the European law. You know, a lot of states are thinking about that. So I think at some point, and this certainly depends on how a lot of things play out, uh, especially in the next presidential election, I think we're likely to see 
a federal privacy law that actually regulates that. And, and so that would address a lot of the data collection issues. Who knows what that law would look like? I think what we're likely to end up with is a bunch of laws or regulations that, are, that address different parts of this. And the way I would like to see that happen, if it does, is not so much you're forbidden from doing X or Y. You can't collect this kind of data. You can't use this sort of technology. But rather having really strong procedures in place to just make sure that people are doing things fairly. So essentially regulating the bad behaviors as opposed to regulating the technology, if that makes sense. Yes, certainly does. I might mention that I'm a retiree from IBM. And I just read in the last week or so, the gentleman that headed up the Watson Project had left and has his own company, and he's working on teaching AI common sense, how to understand common sense, which is, as you mentioned, something that AI has no understanding of at all. So that'll be an interesting um, journey into the future. You know, I really hope for a technological solution to a lot of these problems. Um, it's stuff that we, like I'm a computer scientist, right? We've been working on this for decades and it's not made a ton of progress. I mean, there's some, but nothing that's sort of groundbreaking. But I think everyone sort of realizes now that we've like, with the availability of this huge amount of data from everyone and that combined with these increasingly powerful algorithms, now we know, okay, we can get these very powerful insights and that's great. But we also see the potential for problems with that. So people are really starting to research, you know, how do you make artificial intelligence fair on the technological level? How do you build the algorithms to be like that from the start? And if we can do that, you know, it would take away a lot of the need for regulation. You just say you have to use a provably fair algorithm. And I think that would be ideal, right? Regulation, you know, I'm not a huge regulation advocate except for when everything else fails. Right now, everything else is failing. But if, if we can solve that technologically, that I think would be the best solution. So one last question for you, Dr. Goldbeck. Is there something real estate professionals can do today to prepare themselves to thrive in an AI-friendly world? So I think, you know, there's, a, there's two kind of main steps. One is just to gently keep abreast of what's going on in the industry. Because You'll see competitors. So I, you know, I know you all are the Texas Realtors. You, uh, you know, you have your own website. There are, of course, competitors to that. They're using AI in a variety of ways. You want to keep aware of what they're doing to think about: Are those technologies you build into their own tools, or are they things that you can buy? And that could be something really easy, just like once a month hop onto Google and do a search for artificial intelligence in real estate. And there's a lot of places that are reporting out just kind of lightweight news about the tech that's out there. And understanding that, I think, will give you a really nice picture of what are the emerging technologies and, and ways that you might be able to use that. So that's one. The other thing that I think is important is to think about, you know, what are the ways that this could go bad? What are You have a lot of rules that you follow, both that are regulations and then internal rules of professional conduct within your organization. What are some ways that that could go bad if technology were just put in charge? So, you know, I think these examples with like Facebook ads um, targeting people based on religion or family status or whatever, those are examples that I know a lot of realtors are worried about. So, yeah, you know, thinking about what are the worst things that could happen if you kind of put your own responsibility aside and just let technology be in charge, 
that's such a useful thought exercise because a lot of those worst things often do happen. And it makes you able to ask smart questions of technology vendors when they come to you. So if they say, we have a tool that will help you place ads and find the most relevant people, you can ask them, how are you ensuring that this tool is not racially biased or biased against people with families? Like, show us the evidence for that. And just those thought exercises allow you to ask those questions. And a good company will be able to give you a provable answer. And a bad company will hand wave and try to talk you out of being worried about it. And so those things, I think, make you really well prepared for this technology. You kind of get a sense of what's coming. And when it does come, you know the kind of pitfalls to avoid. So you're you'll really be able to use it, you know, to your best benefit to make you more productive and you'll avoid the trouble that can come along. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Jen, for taking the time to talk to us and for studying this area. And uh, we really appreciate your insight. It's fascinating. My pleasure. And thanks for listening. If you have a question or topic you would like us to discuss on the podcast, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and then listen for us to cover it. Yes, we'd really like to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.